Vic, co-host of Decades Apart, watching Decades Together, the podcast where two sisters, practically 20 years apart in age, watch shows from decades ago. This season, we're watching Seinfeld. Get both of our perspectives. The show starts now. Hello, welcome to Decades Apart, watching Decades Together. I am your co-host, Vic, and my sister, Bob. Hi, everyone. And today we are going to talk about Seinfeld, Season 1, Episode 2, The Stakeout. Before we jump into the episode, though, I wanted to first talk about Episode 1. Something I learned that we didn't catch in the first episode. Kramer's name in the first episode is actually Kessler. Now, there's a backstory. It kind of goes into the people that are writing these shows so some of the characters are actually modeled off of real life events of the writers larry david is one of the writers of the show and the story goes that he actually had a neighbor that he modeled kramer off of whose name was kramer but for rights he didn't want to use the name kramer and therefore in the first episode only He's named Kessler, and then they ended up working something out along the way where they were able to then use his name, Kramer. Now, they address it, from what I understand or I had read, later in the seasons as to why in the very first episode they used the name Kessler, but I didn't even catch it. Did you? I didn't. No, no, I didn't either. Yeah, I did go back and look at it, and he does say he calls him Kessler. So, huh, there you go. Can you imagine being the neighbor, the inspiration for Kramer to the point they're like, it has to even be your real name. You're just such a character on your own. We can't even change the name. (laughs) That first episode that we did on the last podcast. So that aired July 5th, 1989. There's actually a lot of time that passes by between that pilot that we talked about and the second episode. This one aired on May 31st, 1990. And the reason is because the pilot did not test well, and they ended up not even ordering a first season of the show. They went ahead and still aired the pilot, and it was actually liked by critics when the pilot aired outside of the test audience. They ended up Um, deciding on a four-episode season. So that still holds the record. It's the smallest ordered episode season in history. They only ordered four shows off of that pilot episode. And that is why there's so much time between the first time it aired and then the airing of the second episode. It's fascinating. That was a little tidbit of history that someone out there might want to know yeah it's surprising because it's such an iconic show and it was so close to just never existing yeah it's wild and also i will point out for our audience whoever may be listening i do not claim that i'm an expert i'm a fan (laughs) and i know a lot of stuff but i am not an expert okay so we are going to jump into this of course it starts with jerry and his stand-up and he goes to talk about the how he notices women choose to pay with checks. And yeah, back in the 90s, I mean, gosh, I carried a checkbook. Uh, It was not that long ago I stopped carrying a checkbook. (laughs) 
have, have you Are even you serious? <laughs> yeah. Have you even ever carried a checkbook? I've never carried one. I think I've written three checks in my life. Okay. And it was very much so digging through the junk drawer to find the checks that I had from two years ago when I did need it. It was in a wallet. I had a wallet that had a checkbook holder in it. Wow. And so was that the main form of payment then that people did was checks and not credit cards? Did you use credit cards when you were growing up in the 80s and 90s? Credit cards, I remember being this really clunky machine. It was a card that they would put in a contraption and you would slide to make like a carbon copy of the credit card. So it wasn't a swiping thing. It was special paper they would put on top of the credit card. They would slide it over to make this imprint. And then that they would give you, they would have a copy. They would give you a carbon copy. I cannot remember me ever using a credit card that way, but I I know I remember mom using them. I remember writing checks. I, exactly like he's saying in this episode, I remember writing checks in a grocery store. You would throw out your ID and they would write your driver's license number on it. You'd pay with the check. I don't think I've ever seen someone even write a check in a grocery store before. It was, he was talking about it and I started researching it and I was you know, Googling, when did credit cards become popular? And I saw this article from the Los Angeles Times from 1992, which was also just fascinating to see an article from 1992 before I was even born. And they were saying that April 1991, there was like 800 supermarkets using credit cards. And then by the time it was, this article was published in August of 1992, 5,000 supermarkets had it. So It was very surprising to see the increase of them, but also to imagine the world before them because I've only ever really seen the credit cards being used, not even cash that much. Hmm. Wild. All right. So after he's done with his stand-up, we move to, okay, this one had a, this scene had a totally stand out to you. It's, well, we're introduced to Elaine first and foremost, Elaine character classic is introduced in this scene but they're in a vhs video store have you ever even encountered stepped in foot into a video store yes blockbuster when i was a kid was a really big deal we'd go in pick out our movie so yes all right that wasn't the check was foreign to you but not the video store yes do you remember you had to rewind your videos before you returned them to blockbuster Vaguely. You just pulled that out of the back of my head. I think maybe (laughs) I did that a couple of times. (laughs) Okay. But I mean, one of the main things that stuck out was Elaine's hair. I was like, I have seen her in so many different shows. And that first scene, I was just, whoa, I have not seen a hairstyle similar to that even come back in style. You know, styles kind of rotate through the years. We're waiting for that one to come back. She's kind of got like a it's not a curled bang but it's kind of like a a, a bang that's making oops it's, it's poofed it's a very 90s hairstyle and she's got her hair kind of in the low slouchy scrunch scrunchy she's wearing super 90s hairstyle super 90s outfit they're picking out a, a vhs tape and she starts talking about uh 
birthday party for our friend Pamela. They mentioned that they had dated in the past. She's looking, I guess, for someone to go with her. And her and Jerry make this deal that he has a wedding that he needs to go to. Would she go with him if he went to this birthday party with her? There sets kind of the stage for the rest of the episode. They go to this restaurant. Jerry has no gift. He's dressed down. And Elaine is dressed up and she brings this gift. And as Jerry sits down at this table, he's sitting across from a girl that he's he thinks is just unbelievable. He's got Elaine next to her, not next to him on his left, and this girl is across the table. And now he's kind of just enamored with her. He wants to only talk to her, but Elaine keeps trying to have conversation with him. And you can kind of see in his face he's kind of reluctant. This is not something he's wanting to do (laughs) one of the i want to say famous memorable lines is that so he's not getting any information of uh, about this girl other than that she works for segment bennett robbins oppenheimer and taff and (laughs) he tries to remember that by saying it really fast knowing the show and again having kind of lived through it that was one of the lines that we often recited but but she ends up getting up from the table she's got this guy with her and they end up leaving together so she had come to this party not alone now he has her workplace and in his head he's saying i can't even say it as fast as he does it he does so well <laughs> Sagman bennett robbins i've been hard, I've been hard. Oppenheim and Taff over and over again. (laughs) But the scene ends with Elaine not being so happy with Jerry. The next scene, they are now in a cab and Elaine's addressing the issue. They're arguing. One thing that I did want to ask you about, though, is did you have any... I guess, awareness of the fact that this is a live audience. Did that stand out to you? The laughter, the reactions in the background? No, that didn't. I think I'm so used to like, I I don't even know if I noticed it at all. No, I'm used to like, there used to be like canned laughter on shows that I used to watch as a kid, but no, I didn't even notice it was a live audience. Okay. That's intense. Well, I think that's also part of the stand-up. He's kind of warming up the audience in the beginning, and then they're doing the show. But it was not uncommon to do shows in front of a live audience, get that reaction. The reason I asked you, though, is because my kids think it's weird. They can point out when (laughs) there's a live audience and that. I guess they find it awkward reaction, and they they make a point to mention it. What is what is this? What? Who's laughing? Why are they laughing? Who's laughing? (laughs) The reaction to the show is very odd to them. Whereas, you know, you grew up with it. I grew up with it. It's kind of just almost background noise to us. Wow. That's so interesting. The next scene we get is a little bit of stand up. And then we end up going back to Jerry's apartment. I keep talking about his apartment, but it changed completely again from... What I was used to, and then the pilot episode, you know, naturally, I I would assume pilot would look different. But it's interesting to watch the evolution because the second episode, his apartment looks completely different again. His parents are slaying on a pullout couch, uh, which is 
insinuated that this is his bed as if Jerry has a studio apartment because he mentions that he's going to go sleep at Kramer's. I was very confused about that because the whole premise of the last episode was that they shouldn't bring this bed into the living room so that they're both sharing the one in his bedroom. So when he said, you're taking, don't worry about using my bed, I'm sleeping in the other apartment, that was very confusing for me. And I don't know that it was necessarily clear in the first episode if he had a studio apartment Mm. or if it was portrayed as a studio. I don't, Mm. I don't know. But yes, so in this case, he's got a studio, which is not the case in the later episodes. And it's not that he changes apartments in the later episodes. Hmm. A bedroom just magically ends up appearing. <laughs> the The other thing that I notice, which is just, I guess, more interesting is the cabinets are different again. The refrigerator's different. The decorations in the background are different from the pilot and from what it becomes later on in the show we can see jerry's desk he has a desk by the window and he has a very old computer on it i did a little research i believe that this computer is a macintosh se30 wow yeah it was released january between january 1989 and october 1991 so that would fall into that time frame hmm. this computer was at the time $4,369 retail, which is equivalent to, in today's money, $10,310. What? So I just, not it's, yeah, I, I just point this out because of how expensive technology was, how, I don't want to say it was a status symbol, but how, rare i want to say it was to have a home computer in the 90s because of how expensive it was and mind you this didn't even have internet the internet the the world wide web first of all i think i said this story to you before i remember in middle school a tv show we used to watch every homeroom called channel one do you remember i've told you this i don't know anymore context all right so for homeroom every day we would sit down anderson cooper and lisa lang were the channel one hosts they were young it was geared towards schools that was the whole point of channel one the very famous like mike gatorade commercial played in there which is an iconic commercial for my generation and i really remember the day they did a segment on Introducing the World Wide Web, known as WWW. Wow. Yeah. You know what? You may have sent me a segment of that from a TikTok. I think I do remember seeing that. I feel like I tell that story a lot. I don't know why it comes up a lot. So they had this computer. This might be a bit of a silly question, but what was the point? Was it just video games or what were they doing on these computers? I don't know what he was doing because he was a comedian. He was maybe writing his jokes down. Oh, typing in a Word doc. I don't know what else you would be doing with a computer, <laughs> playing games. Oh, maybe you'd have experience. What were you doing with them? <laughs> I don't remember having a home computer until 1998. Wow. I remember it because I was going into college and there was 
one household computer and you would check email. That was it. I don't remember doing much more on it. Hmm. So Jerry's got this equivalent to $10,000 computer in his apartment and he was talking to his parents. What should I do about this girl? I can't ask Elaine to help me since, you know, him and Elaine dated and she's kind of mad. So his dad suggests to go to the office where the girl works, stand in the lobby by the elevator so that he accidentally sees her and do this at lunchtime so that he can kind of just bump into her. The next scene, we're introduced to George and Jerry in the lobby. Well, and- before you go there... Yeah. Something that stuck out to me was, again, just like the difference of that nowadays would be, oh, my God, he's stalking her. Uh, The classic getting to know someone or flirting back then was nowadays, I feel, would be a red flag. And then his parents just seemed like classic boomer energy to me as like a millennial Gen Z person that typical, I hate being married. I don't like my wife. He says, it's a good thing I wasn't so particular when I was marrying your mother. It also very similar to the parents of Everybody Loves Raymond. So it's interesting because I grew up on shows like that. And I feel like for the most part, we've gotten, we've progressed towards past that. A lot of Gen Z, younger millennials will like, I don't want to hate the person I'm spending my life with. And I feel that has definitely taken a turn since this aired. I I do agree with you, especially when you say everybody loves Raymond. I always was shocked at how that show, even during it, although it was the norm, you know, I think being a wife at that time for me, I was kind of, yeah, (laughs) it doesn't look fun. Yeah, they weren't selling us on it for sure. (laughs) Uh, I just going back to the website, general public usage began to emerge in 1993-94. So Jerry definitely mm. was not on the internet, on the World Wide Web in his fancy computer. Just typing up his jokes. Typing up jokes on his $10,000 equivalent computer. <laughs> We're in the lobby at this girl's work. Jerry's planning on bumping into her. And George mentions he's... In real estate, he's working in real estate right now, and they come up with a plan because now they've got to have a reason. Why are they there? They're they're meeting someone. First, George says that he works in the building and he's this architect. And Jerry's like, I don't think you could pull this off. But then they decide they're meeting a friend. His name is Art Vandelay, who's an importer exporter. This becomes a classic persona for George as the episodes go on. Really? The desire to be an architect (laughs) and Art Vandelay, importer slash exporter. It does come up again. And it's just something that my friends and I would recite. It's a very prominent moment as well. Interesting. The elevator opens. The girl comes out. They explain they're meeting Art Vandelay and George slips in there because he's got this opportunity that he's actually a railroad architect and, you know, creates this whole persona about who he is. 
And the girl happens to mention in this conversation that she was with her cousin at this party. And then Jerry mentions, oh, and Elaine was a friend. So now they both know that they're available. The next scene we go is Jerry sitting at a table with his mom in his studio apartment. And they're playing Scrabble. And there's a message that his mom had taken for Jerry during the day. I'm assuming you understand what that meant. Yes. That we yes, had we a covered, hand, we had we a handwrite messages episode. back there. Back then, <laughs> we had to handwrite things on paper, hoping that somebody would actually give us the message. I can't even begin to imagine the amount of miscommunication that happened <laughs> during this time in history of just hoping someone relays your handwritten message <laughs> that they got it right. And like yeah. you said, what is, what was her tone? She yeah. Said, I don't know. And so, especially thinking about text messages now, you always hear somebody saying that you can't tell tone over text or email. So it was, yeah. I mean, even more so with a handwritten message yeah. from your mother. <laughs> yep. So she relays this message that, she was going to be at the apartment at 2.30, and she hopes the meeting went well with Art Vandalay. Dun, dun, dun. So now Jerry <laughs> knows, Adelaide knows, and yes, you said he's all worried about the tone, or wanting to know, is she mad, is she okay? The next scene, Jerry is in his apartment. Everyone from his family, it seems, is gathering at his apartment prior to going to the wedding, and Elaine ends up walking walking in and what did what was your impression of this scene in what way okay so my take is that they were super mature she comes in he walks up to her and they're kind of you know they just start talking about it and they both say their sides very openly honestly i thought it was a great representation of good communication yeah, I agree with that. I was thinking it kind of made me think that potentially throughout this, the seasons, maybe they get back together because they show jealousy about each other dating somebody else or talking about somebody else. So I'm not sure if this is foreshadowing them ending up together in the end or if this is just kind of it and we never see them date. So I'm interested to see how that goes. That's a good observation. They end up crossing into that new area of friendship where they start working on talking about the other people that they have been seeing or dating. And they end up walking out as friends and all ended well in the episode. It felt like a quick episode. Again, no commercials when we're watching it on streaming. <laughs> Still frames at the end of Jerry's stand up. That was episode two in a nutshell. What is it like for you watching all of these back again? I think the thing that stands out is how early some of this stuff is. The Art Vandalay importer-exporter thing was so iconic that the fact that it happened in the second episode is really interesting. The architect thing, interesting. There were even things in the pilot I, I think I pointed out last time that I was shocked that were happening this early because they were so iconic. Mm. But it, it, you know, it evolves as the episodes go on. And I think there's more stability, especially with Jerry's background and apartment. 
we'll have to keep an eye on when his studio apartment grows a magical bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) I've been watching for the cereal boxes. (laughs) Yeah, no cereal boxes popped up in this one, but they'll be there. The only other tidbit I could give you is that this was technically the third episode filmed. They filmed them in a certain order, but decided to broadcast this one as the second one in order to give Elaine some more background on who she was. Mm, okay. So it's not actually aired it aired in the way that they were originally filmed. Okay. Is Seinfeld, are all of the episodes pretty much like on their own? You could just sit down in the middle of a season and know what's going on? Or are these all going to build through a storyline that goes more throughout the season? I think you could probably sit down at any any episode and know what's going on. The good thing about starting from the beginning, especially in the in your case, is that you're learning who the characters are. Mm-hmm. I think it gives us some nice background. There's 180 episodes. Wow. It's a lot of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> some of my favorites, I have to look and see how far down the line they are. We we may have to at some point mix it up where we're not just broadcasting in order, but yeah, maybe the highlight maybe. reel. Yes, Vic's favorites. Some. Yes, you're not a Yankees fan. I you know that I am. So they do a whole thing at Yankee George works at Yankee Stadium, and mm. there's tons of episodes with that, which are really fun. There's a lot of good ones. I think you could pick one and sit down and watch them, but it is good to get a little bit of the background on the characters. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, you have anything else to uh, add tonight? No, I don't think so. The last little bullet point I have here is just Elaine's hair. (laughs) That was one of the main things that stuck out to me. But yeah, that's all from me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, then, as always, thank you, everyone, for listening. And if you want to reach out, it's podcastsisters at iCloud.com. And we hope that you'll join us next time. See ya. Bye.